Hello, you're listening to Arts Talk Radio, and I'm Michael Hasted. We bring you regular news, reviews and interviews relating to all aspects of the arts in Holland, concentrating on events in Amsterdam, The Hague, Rotterdam and the surrounding areas. This week we're in Delft, and we are dedicating the programme to an annual event which has become one of the mainstays of the city's cultural life. Arts Talk Radio Online. Interviews and features on the arts in English. Well, this is all very exciting. I'm at the Rietveld Theatre, where the 2019 Delft Fringe Festival is about to be declared open. Don't let the Dutch put you off. Probably half the 50-odd acts in the festival are LNP, language no problem. A good example of which is the Amsterdam-based Steel Sheep, a multinational trio of young musicians who describe themselves as progressive folk. They are opening the proceedings tonight, and my researches reveal they have a very strong Celtic influence. But because of their lineup of violin, guitar, and double bass, people will perhaps be expecting a more jazzy style along the lines of Stefan Grappelli and Django Reinhardt. We shall see. For you, wens jullie een mooie avond, veel plezier en geniet. So this is Steel Sheep.
That was Steel Sheep playing Inertia, and jolly good they were too. I think they would best describe their music as folk fusion, because they bring together so many influences, even in one tune. They put me in mind of the British band Pentangle from the 1970s, particularly in the way the double bass was so prominent. These were topics I brought up when I spoke to the band when they came off stage. Hello, uh, this is Virgilio da Silva. I'm a guitarist on Steel Ship. Hello, my name is Matthew Adamat. I'm the bass player in Steel Sheep. I play violin and my name is Bella Horvath. I really liked your set and all the way through it I was wondering, especially about you, your nationality, because your influences for the band were incredible. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are influences from uh, Celtic music, bluegrass, Cajun. How, how come your influences are, are mainly Celtic? Because you're, you're um, Slovenian, aren't you? Yes, yes, I'm ethnically Slovenian, but I grew up in Scotland for a great deal. Ah. And um, after we left Scotland with our family, my parents brought lots of Scottish music and Irish music CDs with them. So I was surrounded by the type of music until about age 13. So it was deeply integrated into my musical repertoire. Okay. So that's, that's the way we get the Celtic connection. Because I think with, with the guitar and the violin, there's very much this uh, thing with um, maybe Django Reinhardt. Do you, do you feel that? Because of the, the, the interaction between the violin and the guitar? Yeah, and also the instrumentation. No? The, like the trio is kind of the same thing. But the music that we do is completely different. It's more, it's closer to Celtic music, actually, more than swing or. No, I think so. We also have jazz. We, th yeah. we also have jazz in our music, but for me, sitting there listening to this set, it was very difficult to, to pinpoint any one song, because there were so many influences in all of them. There was a bit of Celtic, there was a bit of everything in, in each song. I thought it was very difficult. To yeah, we recognized the mess, and I, I think I, th I think maybe in the way we play with each other, there's there's lots of uh, connections to be made to the way Django and Stefan played. But I think the problem is that we almost don't play anything that has the swing beats to it. And that's where, that's where our music is inherently different to that of Stefan Grappelli and Django Reinhardt. Yeah. In that it has a very different rhythmical sense. And I think, I think that matters a great deal when... I, I, think, I think people who like Django Reinhardt and Stefan Grappelli won't necessarily like what we do. No, no, but they won't dislike it either. Uh, we like to hope so. Yeah. We like to think so, yeah. We like to think so. And on bass, what, what, where, where are your influences? Um, well, I, growing up, I listened basically entirely to Celtic music and Baroque music until I had my own kind of you know, musical life, like I could buy my own CDs at the age of like 15 or something. Because I was listening to some of your other tracks, which you have online, mm -hmm. and you, in, on some of them, your playing reminded me very much of Danny Thompson. Do you know Danny Thompson? Uh, yes, bass player. I've heard bass, of him. Yeah, he, yeah, play, yeah. he played with a, an acoustic... Um, uh, folk group called Pentangle in England in the 70s and 80s and I thought the relationship, they didn't have a violin but mm -hmm. certainly the relationship between the guitar and the, the bass were very much like Pentangle. Uh, I know the group. Um, to me, to me the, the comparison makes a lot of sense. I mean my, my biggest uh, musical influence on the bass is definitely Edgar Meyer. He's not so far off also from that aesthetic but coming more out of a pure bluegrass um, standpoint bluegrass and classical rather than kind of a folk I guess folk fusion is kind of how I view Pentangle uh, so definitely also I mean I probably first heard Edgar Meyer when I was also maybe 13 or 14 so I think that's at least whenever I pick up the bow that's the biggest influence yeah you should have a listen to Danny Thompson because he's a, a really fine bass player yes so yeah I imagine you had a classical training with the violin uh, yeah yeah I think I think all three of us 
started out with classical training. Yeah, and I think me and Matt a bit more intensely, and Virgilio went to improvising waters earlier, and that's something that still shows. I still, I like to think of him as the strongest improviser in the band. Um, and me and Matt stayed, stayed true to the classical um, way of thinking about music, which is why me and Matt probably brought more compositions at the, at the start of the band. And Steel Sheep is a permanent unit. You, you live together, work together, play all the time. Playing for yeah, four yeah. years. And you're, you're Spanish, you're American, I think, and you're Slovenian. Slovenian. But you're living in Amsterdam. We live in uh, Amsterdam, in Spain, and in Berlin. So we, uh, An we commute. I think that's the good thing about this festival. They're, they're using basically Dutch acts. It's many different nationalities. Okay, well, that's it. Thank you very much indeed. And thank you. Thank I you. Thank really, really thank enjoyed you. your music, and I shall recommend you to all my friends. Thank you. Thank you, <laughs> thank you very much. Arts Talk Radio Online. Arts Talk magazine provides the perfect companion to Arts Talk Radio with reviews and previews in English of cultural events in Holland. Whatever your interest in the arts, our international team of writers will always provide something new and exciting to see online. That's Arts Talk magazine, all one word, dot NL. Arts Talk magazine, dot NL. Earlier today, during a short break from the last-minute hectic preparations, I spoke to two of the organisers of the festival in the tranquil courtyard of the Rietveld Theatre. Hello, my name is Rul Funke. I'm the director of the Delft Fringe Festival. Hi, my name is Raymond Beefsink and I'm the programme manager of the festival. OK, can you tell me a little bit about the festival? How long has it been running? It's the ninth edition this year. Uh, it's my sec uh, sixth edition um, and uh, it's quite amazing to be, uh, to be uh, a part of this festival. It's a, it's a large festival for young and upcoming artists. Uh, we present all over the place in, uh, in the historical city centre of Delft. And most of the acts are, I think, Dutch, aren't they? Most of them are, yeah. Although we have a few acts uh, from abroad, this year we have a, a guy, Tommy Sharif, he's originally, if I recall correctly, from Syria. No, Egypt. Egypt, uh, apologize for that. <laughs> and he is uh, doing a, a, an English show. So there are lots of different things, aren't there? There's, there's opera, there's circus, there's dance, there's comedy. Uh, can we have a few statistics? Um, how many, it's over, what, 10 days? And how many, how many performers do you know? Um, okay, that's a good question. We run 12 days this year. Uh, we end on the Monday. We have over 55 artists, 56 to be specific. Uh, they perform 470 five performances uh, in total so every performance is eight times uh, uh, you can watch the show eight times uh, during the festival and in many locations uh, 23 this year and that's in in theaters in in bars uh, yeah we uh, we try to uh, we, we try not to uh, present artists in the theater because we want to bring art uh, uh, artists of artistic performance to the people or to the, to the audience on another uh, uh, way so it's in uh, living rooms in some uh, shops uh, we have a, a windmill uh, all kind of different funny uh, uh, hidden uh, uh, place but I think the most spectacular is uh, somebody who's gonna walk across one of the canals on a tightrope no it's not gonna happen oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's not going to happen. No, it isn't. Oh, it's not happening. No, it's no, festival no. life. I think that's just one of the, the, the hard things every year. Uh, we have to manage so many artists. And then in the last couple days before the festival starts, uh, uh, some uh, artists have to make the decision that they cannot come anymore or yeah have to oh, make that's a pity season. because that was the most spectacular event Absolutely. have you anything to replace that uh, we have something to replace it not something that uh, spectacular I think in, in, in a way that uh, crossing uh, uh, crossing above the water but we have uh, uh, some musical uh, uh, music uh, uh, artists who represent or uh, yeah and you plan yeah uh, make sure that there is actually a a program with artists and I uh, make the selection of artists so um, we have an open call and this year we received over 160 applicants applications um, so we have to narrow that down to 55 and you do, you do you go out looking for me if you have so many um, people applying do you need to go out and look I wish I had the time we developed an uh, online system where we have a very um, well extensive form that they need to fill out uh, and that way we can gather all the information we need to base our selection on. And I presume this is based on, I suppose, the, the Edinburgh Festival Fringe. That, that's the sort of thing you're aiming for. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think the director before me uh, went to Edinburgh, saw the festival and thought, we have to bring a festival from uh, sort like this to uh, Delft and uh, that was in 2011 and when I came in 2013 I decided to change the festival a bit it was uh, to give uh, young and upcoming artists a place of from all over the Netherlands uh, uh, because it's really quite hard for young uh, uh, performers to uh, get new audiences, uh, find places to, to perform and I think Delft Fringe Festival really suits uh, the, the artists and the, the artists suits the festival. So, But of course what you're missing with the Fringe is the main event. Absolutely, yeah, so that's, that, yeah, yeah, we know, so maybe in the near future, no, not in the near future, maybe someday we uh, we can uh, uh, bring something to, next to the Fringe. But but, but in, in all cases, I think in Edinburgh in particular, the Fringe has actually taken over from, from the main event. And in, in London, Fringe theatres are as important uh, as the mainstream theatres, so maybe the mainstream should become the Fringe and the Fringe should become the mainstream. Yeah, it would be great. That's, that's what we are aiming for. And I think it's really nice to see that uh, artists we presented five years ago uh, uh, are in shows who you can see in uh, Theater de Veste or even in uh, Nationale Theater in The Hague. So it's really nice to see the, the steps they, they take and uh, that we can be just a small part in their career, but we can give them a sort of a kickstart uh, and help them forward. In Holland in general, and Delft I think in particular, because the, the technical university, there are an awful lot of people who don't speak Dutch at all. So it must be uh, an important factor for you to bear this in mind, that not everybody's going to understand text-based things. Yeah, and that's why we have language no problem uh, uh, performances as well. Uh, the nice thing about having so many different types of theater and so many different genres is that we have dance uh, performances as well. We have opera. We have so many genres that are suitable for a wide or, uh, audience and uh, where language is not necessarily a thing, uh, a big part of the show. So mm. everyone can enjoy it. And are any of these events free in the, in the street? Uh, no, you have to pay for the events. It's uh, seven euros if you pay tic uh, buy tickets online, and otherwise five euros. Um, but we uh, we 
ask our artists to um, yeah, make parade, is that the, the way you call it? Uh, yeah, give them a, give short previews ah, yeah. on the streets to tease people and get them into their uh, location yeah. to watch the full show. So it's almost like a, like a circus. You know? yeah, 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 absolutely. And it's quite funny because when the festival starts, the artists are like a bit scared to go out and, 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 and do their short performance. And after a couple of days when the festival runs, everybody gets enthusiastic and uh, uh, is seeing it really works. And then everybody goes out in the street and, and starts to make their... Uh, so are, are all the performers here for all the time or they have a slot of two or three days and then next one? Yeah, they, uh, every artist, is, uh, you can see them uh, perform for eight times and it's spread over the festival day so you can if you you can watch them the first saturday and the last saturday or something like so that. so the logistics of handling so many <laughs> artists must be difficult where, where do they stay you sure you can't afford to put them all up in hotels no unfortunately not no um uh, they come from all over the netherlands um and unfortunately we do not have the means to provide um accommodations for them uh, so they have to travel a lot some of them we can uh, if they come really from a long uh, uh, distance from here for example Groningen then uh, then we uh, can find them a place where they can uh, stay with family and friends of ours uh, but that is unfortunately the most uh, that we can do it takes a full year to plan this event there's an enormous amount of uh, like you say logistics communications uh, setting things up and this is um, all coming down together in just, just 11 days <laughs> and making it happen in this uh, this short uh, time. But uh, it's definitely worth it. And it becomes a big anticlimax afterwards. You say, what am I going to do now? <laughs> yeah, well, for, uh, luckily we uh, are uh, already started our next plan and that will be a Del Fringe Festival production uh, in October. Uh, we selected one uh, upcoming artist to make uh, a, a, a performance uh, in the Sigarenfabriek, a very nice location in the city center of Delft. And uh, it's a, a performance about the golden age uh, uh, because it's the, the 2019 is all about the golden age and uh, we're coaching and uh, uh, developing this performance so when we get in the, in this uh, the the the, the um yeah, we, we can't uh, we don't have time to uh, to relax, but we already go <laughs> forward to the next uh, main event, and that's really nice that we as festival can involve ourselves as well and keep yeah keep busy. So, how many people are involved in the organisation apart from you two? Uh, we were at 11 uh, people as staff staff members, and then we have around 75 volunteers to uh, run the festival. Okay, well, thanks very much for that. Thank you. Arts Talk Radio Online interviews and features on the arts in English. That was Roel and Raymond, organisers of the festival. Now, for the next few minutes, I would ask you please not to adjust your set. <laughs> that was a live recording of mime artist Jana Handgraf, with an excerpt from her excellent one-woman show called Omar Solo. If you didn't manage to follow the storyline from that, Yana plays an old lady who's gone camping. I would like to have covered more of the festival's first few days, but this is all we have time for. I'll leave you with the mesmerising soundscape from another excellent show, False Falls, by Lucy Wands. I'm Michael Hasted, and you've been listening to Arts Talk Radio.
So, till next time, it's goodbye.